0: Hello, this is Bayo Fatuba. We're so excited that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups upcoming events as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started.
1: Come on, DCH, let's give God the best praise that you can give him today, man. I think you can do better than that. Somebody needs to give God praise if you're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. Brother Jones ushered in the presence of the Lord in that praise and worship. Give God praise for that. Amen. You are blessed in this house. Come on, if you know that you're blessed, if you're glad to be here, rather than the best jail, best hospital, you ought to give God praise because God has been faithful to you. Amen. I want you to forget about who's to your right and who's to your left. And I want you to give God praise as you know he is worthy of your praise. Come on, I want you to praise him as if you know how worthy God is of your praise. If God has been good to you, let the world know that God has been good through my praise. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We worship you, Lord. Oh, I tell you what, it is an honor and a privilege to be back here at Dominion Chapel, Houston. I love you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Amen. And to celebrate the Independence Day, 4th of July for America, we give God thanks. Wasn't that an amazing contribution to America today? Amen. Amen. What a blessing. I was with you all day yesterday in conference, and I shared with you a brand-new book that I just had released a couple weeks ago. It's called The Five-Star Entrepreneur. Do I have anybody here that's entrepreneurial-minded, amen? You've got a book inside of you. You've got a business idea. There's something brewing inside of you. Maybe you already have a business that needs to go to the next level. I believe in doing everything five-star, and that's why I love coming to, to Dominion Chapel, Houston, is you guys are five-star quality. Amen? You guys are the best. Amen. And, and so I offered this book yesterday at $20 a copy, two for 30 or five for 50 But look at this. I, The Lord instructed me yesterday not to take a dime from the sales, everything that comes in from the sales. I had 200 books shipped yesterday. Every single sin that comes in goes to your pastor. Amen. We want to bless him. We want to bless him. We want to bless him. So I need somebody to go out in the lobby. I only have 200 copies. I'm not sure how many remaining from yesterday. But we want to bless the, the pastor of this house today. Anybody think? Thank God for your pastor and queen of this house. Give God praise to them. Hallelujah. I tell you what, when you find somebody who loves God like they do, you better honor them and treat them well. Amen. It has been over five years since I was able to attend uh, here at Dominion Chapel. My mother had a vision that she wanted to come to Houston on her 83rd birthday. So I got her on the plane. We got her into Houston. She wanted to go over and see Joel Osteen, and then she wanted to come here because she had heard so much about you. That Sunday morning, we came here with her at 83. She was healthy and vibrant. But two years ago, she had a big struggle, had several strokes, and was put in hospice care in my home. And so for two years, we have cared for her. We have nurtured her. But in January, God said, do you trust me? I said, yes. He said, remove her from all that she is under and watch what happens today. My mother is joining online today at 88 years old, totally in her right mind and totally healed. Amen. We give God thanks and praise for that today. Does anybody believe that God is able to do it today? Anybody believe that God is still a healer, a miracle worker today? We give God thanks for that. Amen? So today I've titled my topic, Building a Multicultural Church. Amen? Does anybody here want to do something you've never done before? Go places that you've never gone before today? Are you teachable? Let me hear all the teachable people. Anybody teachable today? Amen. Amen. Then let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and beginning with verse number 12 if you would stand for the reverence of his word this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12. Just as a body though one has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized with one spirit, if I say one spirit, So as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for for that reason stop becoming a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... Uh, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, uh, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body, amen? I want you to put down your Bible, your iPad, your cell phone, and give God one more DCH phrase that like you only know how to do here at Dominion Chapel. Hallelujah. Come on, give God the best praise that you can give him. Amen. If you're free today and you thank God for what he has done in your life, somebody go ahead and magnify his name. Somebody go in and glorify him for everything that he has done for you, amen? If you need healing today, God is a healer. If you need peace of mind today, God is peace of mind, amen? I believe that this second half of the year is going to be greater, and I prophesy that to you. The second half is about to be unfolded and revealed to you in supernatural ways, and there is an anointing about to hit this house like you have never experienced, amen? I want you to tell your neighbor, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Because the best is yet to come. Do you believe that today? The best is yet to come. Do you believe that the best is yet to come? Amen. Come on, give God one more praise. You may have your seat. My, 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 I tell you what. I, I enjoyed this praise and worship today so much, I could have just stayed in worship all day, man. There is something about ushering in the presence, and I don't know how you guys normally do it, if this is typical, but if it is, you guys need to make sure that you are here for praise and worship. Amen. It is ushering in the presence, the anointing of God that is flowing in this house today. So I want to talk to you today about a multicultural church. It it is simply uh, that it's not about skin tone anymore, but it's also about intentionally engaging in diverse cultures, amen? Because when we do that, we have to realize that when we mix things up, that all of a sudden we get the best of both lives, amen? And so I want to show you today of how we have got to come to the place and the understanding that God has called all of us. You may be sitting on the road today with somebody that has a different skin color. You may be sitting with somebody that's younger or older. But do you realize today that God said we are all useful for the kingdom of God? Now, I realize today that we come to the place that we feel like, well, I'm comfortable where I am and I don't want to change. But is there anybody willing to change as the word of God changes us? Amen. The worst scenario in the church world is that we stay the way we are. In fact, the words of a dying church, the first words of a dying church is we have never done it that way before. And so today I want to break that mentality because I believe that God is about to do a new thing. I believe a new thing is at the realm of where you are at and what God is trying to get you to. So I got this great picture that I found. I wanted them to put it up on the screen. These two boys decided that they were going to trick their teacher, and they decided the only way they could do that is if they would put dress in the same shirt and the same pair of pants. So they got together on one Monday night, and they went to school on Tuesday, and they said, watch this, our teacher is not going to be able to tell us apart. The question is, can you tell them apart? But in their mind, they could not be told apart simply because of what they had on that it matched. Their pants matched, their shoes matched, their shirt matched, and therefore they realized that, that the teacher was not going to be able to identify them. If we begin to think back as a child of Christ, uh, that remember the things that, that we look at that God has put within us, I look at the eye and say, I am glad that I have eyes. I have ears. I'm so glad that they can hear. Is anybody thankful today that your feet was able to step one foot in front of the other today, and when you woke up today that your lungs were able to breathe. You see, I get super excited about that. A lot of people don't get excited about their lungs breathing and their feet walking. But 15 years ago, last month, I was diagnosed with a terminal illness and was only given six months to live. In the midst of that, I realized that had I not knew that God was able and I had a son that God raised up to speak over my life, I would not be here today. But God said, I need you at Dominion Chapel on July the 3rd, 2022, so you've got to get up out of your deathbed. You've got to take your grave clothes off and realize I'm about to do something. With that, we have to understand that there's goals that we have to go in our life in order to grow where God is wanting us to go. If you want to increase numbers, keep doing what you're doing because that is you're growing and things are going well. But if you want to go deeper, somebody shout deeper. Build a relationship and affect the kingdom of God You have got to have diversity We have got to do things that we have never done The gospel never changes However, the methodology in which we use has to change The way that we present the gospel We realize today that we don't do life the way we used to Before the pandemic We don't grocery shop the same way We don't go to church the same way Everything in our life has taken a dramatic change So the definition of diversity is the condition of having or being composed of different elements. Different elements. The inclusion of different types of people such as different races and different cultures in a group or an organization. Diverse means different, varied, altered, and to change. So today I want to talk to you about how we become a multi-ethnic church. I want to talk about how we shouldn't look like uh, ourselves when we look in the mirror because there are so many gifts that God is trying to place in us. So I got this prop up here today, and, and I want to show you the importance and the significance of this that a professor used this years ago. Do you see that this today, everything in here is representing who you are? This is Dominion Chapel. This is you. And so we come to church, and many times we come to church looking just like this. We all look the same. We come into God's house, and we all look the same. But let me ask you this. Are you ready to have different cultures come among you? Are you ready to say, I'm not just about being the Nigerian culture, but I'm about being the American culture, the Chinese culture, the Japanese culture, the Hispanic culture? Because I believe that the church should look just like what heaven is going to look like. You see, we get very uncomfortable when somebody takes us out of the realm of where we are. That place that we have always been comfortable because this is how we've always done it. This is who we've always been. But do you believe today that God is trying to give you a different look so that you can become even greater for the kingdom of God? Here at Houston, we realize that Houston is made up of a lot of nationalities. And today, we've got to say, God, what is it that you're looking for from me? And so today, I want this to represent who you are. Now, the jar looks full, right? The house is full today. But does anybody believe that God has the capability of bringing new people in that is going to come into this house to make a difference in this kingdom? Anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that when we get to heaven, it's not going to be all Americans, it's not going to be all Nigerians, it's not going to be all Japanese, it's not going to be all Chinese, it's not going to be all old, it's not going to be all young, it is going to be a variety of people. That's what heaven looks like. And so today we come and we say, outside of this church, there are some people that are out there that don't look like us. They're different They're different tones, they're different colors, they're different sizes, they're different shapes, they're different ages. And God is saying, I want to add them to Dominion Chapel. Are you ready for God to expand your horizon? Are you ready to say it's not about me, but it's about growing the kingdom of God? Are you ready today to say, God, I don't have to be, everything doesn't have to be about me. I realize that there's somebody going up and down this street right now that is ready to commit suicide if this church doesn't reach them. There's somebody ready to get a divorce that's sitting in this room right now if the church does not reach them. So what I anticipate happening, are you guys ready? No, no, I said, are you ready? You you say that you're ready, but are you really ready? When somebody that looks different sits beside you, are you ready? Uh, Some of you looking at me like, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I, I read body language, that's my expertise. And so what is going to happen, Pastor, is God is about to bring some people that doesn't look like Pastor Bio. Oh my, look at this. And God is going to fill up where we thought we were packed. God is saying, I'm going to press it down. Do you all remember that scripture? Press it down, shake it together and running over it. Now, now it looks like the jar is totally full, right? But as you know, and as the college professor showed us, that there's many things that are left that there's still some young people. Anybody like young people? Oh, Three of you like young people? Everybody like young people? Okay, how many of y'all realize that in order to win them, we cannot give them the same thing that we have? Because they think we're old school. Oh, come on now. Let me hear from my seniors. On a, I realized that, that when I was in my 30s, 40s, and even 50s, that, that, that I had to change some things in my life in order to win the young people. Amen? Because one day I realized that I'm going to be done, and I'm not going to have things here, but it's what I have laid up and the inheritance that I left behind that God is going to be able to bless. And so now we have the young people, and they're represented in this, and we've got to make sure that there's room uh, that we can pour them in. Look, you see how it's going between the rocks and the stones, uh, and we're raising them up, and all of a sudden we realize that they're filling in the gaps, and we're still filling the church. uh, And I could pour all these containers inside of this, even though it appears to be full, it continues to know that we can grow. I want you to understand today, if this is what Dominion Chapel is going to look like, that we have got to say, God, I am willing to change my mindset. Anybody ready to change your mindset? The only way that you can grow into a diverse church is to realize that the church on the inside must look like the community on the outside. The church has to look like the community. So what if I took a poll of this church, this area? Would everybody in this area be like you? Or do we have uh, 70% Nigerians, 30% white? Do we have 20% uh, uh, Hispanic? What do we have? Whatever that is out there is what should be a reflection on the house of God. Because we are a community church. Tomorrow you guys are about to have a 4th of July celebration. Amen. And we should be in the community and the community should say, I feel welcome to come there. People should be able to go into the church and say, that is what God's kingdom looks like. So let's look at today's youth. They go to school. They go to work. They live in integrated environments. They are going to churches, however, that are segregated. And can I tell you, for this new generation, they will not accept that. Are we all quiet? They will not accept going where they only look like them. So we have to ask ourselves today, are we really a community church? Are we really saying, God, I want you to use me in a supernatural way. God, I want you to use me as an element to this community. God, I want to win souls for the kingdom of God. How many of y'all realize that the church is not here for the healthy? The church should be here for those that are outside trying to get in to find Jesus Christ. Those that are out there that are hurting and in pain, we got to make sure that it's not necessarily about us, but it becomes about them, that we may win some of them. My church in Atlanta, I pastored 27 years. We started with 15 folks, and and they were all Caucasian. And I pastored 27 years. The church grew into a, a mega ministry in Atlanta, and God blessed us with multiple services, and it was growing and it was booming. But can I tell you this, when we moved into our $8 million sanctuary, within one month, our church split. One of the hardest things I ever experienced in my life. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, God, what am I going to do? We have this huge mortgage. Now, how are we going to pay this bill? And guess what happened? In that one service on one day, not a a sporadic over a period of time, but every Caucasian person left me in one service. And my church became all African American. One service. So let me ask the question, what happened? People didn't realize the significance of how important it is that we are learning to worship together. That we understand that service doesn't have to be about me. When you come to service today, you know what? Every now and again, we, get, we need to sing an old hymn because it draws something to the older crowd that they remember way back when and how good it was. When you Anybody like the old music? But we also have to realize that we must embrace the new music because it doesn't have to be about us. The Bible says that the older train the younger. Now, now things have changed in ministry, right? How many of y'all realize the way we go to church is different? They told me today is casual Sunday, so I'm casual. This is my casual. If you have told a 20 year old that, guess what? They would have been up here in and, and Converse and, and they would have looked like your worship leader, man. He had it going on. I said, man, I wish I could be that free. You know, he just got it together up there worshiping in his, in his tennis shoes. It looked amazing. But in my day, you would not been allowed to approach the platform. Anybody witness that? Amen. So the difference is, was it sin then? Is it sin now? The answer to that is no. We are caught up in tradition. Somebody say tradition. We get so caught up in tradition that it has to look like us, act like us, smell like us. Everything has to be about how we believe it should be. So I want you to identify today that it doesn't have to be the way it has always been. So I realized at that moment that people was not going to always stay with me. And over the next few years, I had five church splits. Five. Not one, not two, not three, but five. The first one about took me out, but I realized what happened in my church, uh, first church split. In my first church split, all of my Caucasian people left. We became all African American. But watch this. Our church was stagnating at about 300 people, and we couldn't grow, and, and we were just kind of there. But something happened with that group left. They're good people, but they didn't understand the importance of integrating. They didn't understand the importance of drawing from one another, and they went over. They started their own church seven miles from me, and today, 20 years later, they're still running 100. Why, my church grew into thousands. You know why? Because we understand the art of knowing what God is able to do. And I want you to realize this, the people that get you to one level does not have the power to get you to the next level. They had the power to get me to 300, but guess what? There was already people that got arranged uh, on the floor that was already there saying, I believe, Pastor, we can go to 500. But it took a mindset, uh, a mindset reset. We had to reset our mind to focus on how do we get to 500. Because when I was 100, I could go to every birthday party, I could go to every graduation. But as the church began to grow, I realized some things I could not do. If you really want to go, you have to understand that pastor cannot be the same person he was five years ago. I don't get any amens on that. You got to quit pulling on him. Because there comes a time that we have to realize. That we are growing to the capacity that God is trying to take us to the next level. And when he does, everything in our mindset has to change. So when I got 500, I thought I had arrived. And guess what? I went through another church split. And another group left and went over across the street and started a ministry. And guess what happened? We doubled in size. And then we got to 1,000. And all of a sudden, we split again. Guess what happened? Another 100 left. But then we grew in size to 1,500. At 1,500, we had another church split. 200 left at one time. But guess what? In the next six months, uh, we grew to 2,000. Do you see the concept? That if we're not willing to change our mindset, God already has somebody in place to replace you with. Whew. Y'all okay? I'm not getting very many amens today, pastor. Is this okay? The truth of the matter is, in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, there's, there's a story about the Tower of Babel. They were trying to build their way into heaven. And God confused them. In fact, Babel actually means that the Lord confused the language and scattered the people. And so today we realize that what we're trying to do is we're trying to celebrate the diversity in which God has given us. There is things that I can learn from you There's things that you can learn from me and This is no lie A few years ago I was getting ready to preach at a big church in Atlanta My wife was, in a, was able to go with me and, and so she gets to church And she likes to do a little video footage And, and put it on and say her hubby is preaching She's real proud of me And guess what We got there she said I don't know how to turn the internet on She got a new phone Well I have an apple she had the other one What's the other one Whatever that is Diversity. (laughs) You see how you guys really quick come to the defense? The The other phone, she had an Android. And for weeks she had been trying to, every time she would leave the house, it would go offline. Well, I am not tech savvy. I am almost 60 years old. I don't understand that. Just give me my phone. Let me operate in it. So she hands me an Android. It looks different. It feels different. The buttons are, everything is different. I don't know how to help her. And she's telling me, I want to record. And I'm sitting and praise and worship, and my wife keeps saying, I don't know how to turn this. I'm like, would you stop? i got to preach in a minute. And she's like, but I want to record. I can't record. Oh, this is so frustrating. I'm like, yes, this is frustrating. So me, trying to stay in the spirit, decided to be a smart aleck. And I said, hand me the phone. I didn't know what to do with the phone. But there was a four-year-old girl sitting on the other side of me. And as a smart aleck, I handed the phone to her, and I said, can you turn my wife's Wi-Fi on? She can't read. She can't write. And so I thought my wife was going to say, just forget it. Just, but you know what happened? The little girl took my phone and said, "Poop, poop, poop. here you go. <laughs> Do you know how dumb this doctor felt? I feel like I have a 13-year degree, and I could not do what a four-year-old just did. Can I show you how even the four-year-old can bring value to this church? Can I tell you that your teenagers should bring value to this church? And we have got to invest in them. If you don't invest in them, we're losing what God has put with us. I met with folks yesterday, a young man. I'm sure he's here somewhere today. He has an interview with Google. And I'm like, whoo, he just looks smart just because he can say it, Google. I don't, know, I don't know how you guys make this work. But can I tell you who is a draw to this is the young people because they're all about technology. Do you guys remember whenever we used the little PowerPoint projectors? And Sister Sally had to stand there and put the plastic overhead on and take it. Y'all, y'all remember that? And you had to find somebody that had good handwriting. And you, do you realize that that also almost caused the church split with me? Because people thought that was worldly. You're taking the hymn books out of the church. You're taking this out away from us. And boy, what would they think today at Dominion Chapel when you got all of this. Hey, anybody enjoy this? So everything new is not bad. But they about shut us down because we were going worldly with an overhead projector. I want you to see today how foolish it is when we reject what the young people are trying to bring new to us. We have to diversify and realize that even though the young may have the technology and the abilities, the older ones still have the wisdom. The young need the wisdom from the old, but the old needs the technology from the young. That's why the Bible says that all of us are useful in the kingdom of God. Can the hand say to the knee? Can the knee say to the foot? Do you know what? Do you know what I want to be in the kingdom of God? This sounds really nasty, and I don't mean to be, but just hear me. You know what I want to be in the kingdom of God? I want to be a nostril hair. Nobody ever said, I want to be the the head. I want to be the foot. But you know what the nostril hair does? It is a ventilation system to the lungs. And it purifies the air that goes into your body, into your lungs, so that the whole body can be effective. So even though we don't see it as important, we have to identify that even what we see as unnecessary, God sees as important. You are important. Look at your neighbor and say, you are important. Did you really mean that? Look, look across. Somebody else, and tell them you are important. Tell them tell this. I need you. Do you realize I need Dominion Chapel Houston? I need you. I need you. I, I need the church in San Francisco. I need the church in New York City. I need the church that I go to in Cape Town, South Africa. I need the church that I, I go to in Hong Kong. I need the church I go to in China, in New York City. Because all of us are still, even though we look different, we're all God's children. And if we always just cater to our own, as we say did yesterday, Pastor, we, we, get, we have the entire ocean to fish in. But most of us decide to fish in one little pond. When God has said, I have given you all the world. At your fingertips today, God has given you so much. And today it's depending on what you want to do. I want to share a story with you. As my church began to grow and we went through transition, we went through church splits. I had one Caucasian lady that stayed with me. Her name was Granny Kane. Granny was in her late 80s. She was a Caucasian lady. She looked like the grandmother on Tweety Bird. Anybody know the Tweety Bird, the little old lady that wore the dress, had the blood? That was Granny Kane in my church, and she was my prayer warrior. From the time of conception of our ministry in 1990, Granny Kane kept the blood of Jesus Christ around me. She always prayed over me. She was my intercessor. She was my prayer warrior. She was everything to me. And boy, one day things began to happen. And our church, I I always said I wouldn't have flaggers in the church. I didn't like that. That wasn't me. We were never going to do that. When I retired six years ago from my ministry in Atlanta, I had 132 on my flag team, 132. Because God said, watch what I can do if you remove the restrictions off of me. I remember the first time we did hip-hop, step, rap, dance. And that day I looked out into the second row right there's where Granny Kane always said in my church, And I saw granny bow her head as they began to hip-hop and rap and dance and flag. And and she didn't say a word, but after service, on her way out the door, she said, I will see you at my house on Tuesday. Y'all know what that means, right? She told me, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, I'll see you at my, not pastor, can you come, will you come, I will see you at my house, 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Cancel whatever you have is what she was saying, and be at my house. I went to Granny's house, and she prepared a nice meal. I feel like she was preparing me for death, amen, my last meal. And so I sat down to eat. She didn't mention anything. And afterwards, she said, let's go to the living room. I didn't want to go to the living room because I knew that was the place of conversation. And so I went in, and Granny began to say, Pastor, I I have to tell you that I was astounded of what I saw on Sunday. And I said, but Granny, she said, no, but Granny, me, please listen to me. Now, Granny is 88 years old, so I yielded to her, and I was listening to what Granny had to say. And she said, I have never seen so much disgrace in a church in all of my life. And so Sunday I decided I was leaving your ministry. And I said, but Granny. And she said, no, but Granny me. I sat there, and I saw things happen on the platform that I have never seen in my life. I didn't understand what those kids were doing. They were jumping. They were bouncing. They were flipping. They were doing some kind of something with their voice. I don't even know what they said. And I said, but granny. She said, no, but granny me. So when I told you when I walked out that day I needed to see you today, I realized that that would be my last Sunday in your church. And I said, but granny, don't, but granny me. And then she said something that astounded me. She said, pastor, I was so confused. I'm 88 years old. I have never seen that. Now, she's the only Caucasian person in my church. But granny said this. I had made up my mind to leave that church when you gave the invitation, and more than a hundred people came and gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. She said, "I realized then that this was bigger than me, and I realized that it would have made a bigger impact than anything that I could imagine. And therefore, what I have decided to do, Pastor, is the next time that you allow that on the platform, if you don't mind, because I don't understand it, I would bow my head and pray." but do what you have to do to win souls for the kingdom of god <clears throat> granny kane stayed with me until she was 94 years old she drove to church till she was 93 and then granny got sick 1 week before she died i sat with her during her week of, of illness And she said, this is what I want to happen. Don't worry about my family. Just do what I'm asking. I said, whatever you want, it's done. We started the service. We started off with amazing grace as we started her funeral. And we ended with hip-hop, rap, step, and dance. Her family was looking like, what just happened here? And I got up and I shared the story that Granny came, even though she was 94 years old, she understand in order to win the church, there were some things that she had to be uncomfortable with. There were some things that she had to die out to because she knew she was leaving the earth, and she had to leave a legacy behind. And those young kids loved her, and she loved them, and therefore God blessed what happened. If I say the potter's house today, everybody knows who's over the potter's house, T.D. Jakes. If I say the Brooklyn Tabernacle, who's the pastor there? No, the choir is not the pastor. Everybody, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. We don't know the pastor because it is founded upon the choir. I realize in my church as the only Caucasian person left there that my ministry was built on my dance team and my praise team. I realized that because of them that God was elevating us to platforms across the world that I had never seen before. I have been gone six years, and can I tell you, even to this day, that church is known for the hip-hop, the step, the rap, the dance, because they're still making it happen. But some of you just come to that place that we can't engage in that because... We have to sacrifice something about us. Do you realize that if you're saved today, it's not about us. This sermon shouldn't be about us. It should be about those out there that have not yet heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I've got to do is to compel them to come in. Today, I want to challenge you and I want to leave you the scripture with Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. The Bible says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that scripture? We're all one in Christ Jesus. When I got ready to build my building, there was no one in the church pastor that wanted to help me because they thought I was crazy. We had a sanctuary to see the 200. I was building a sanctuary to see 1,400. We had $50,000 in the bank. I was trying to buy 32 acres of land because we were stuck on a half of an acre. And yet God still found favor. And I, I found this land and I got out and I walked on the land. I said, this is going to be mine. This is going to be mine. They kept saying, oh, God, Pastor, you're embarrassing us. Embarrass me. It's all right. It's all right. Because I offered a, a, a piece of that property, in land is worth about 190,000 an acre, and all we could borrow from the bank was 12,000 acres, so I offered it to them, and they said, you can never buy this land for that, but watch God. In our county, the judge owned that piece of property, but he had died some 20 years ahead of time, and, and he left all of his land, and they made memorials and parks. He only left that one piece of land to his nephews. 20 years that had sat there as raw land. The only thing they ever sat on that building was a bar that had been torn down 50 years before that. And he left this piece of property to his nephews. And they saw the, the, uh, the offer, and of course they declined very quickly. And they said, what is your real offer? I said, that's all we can get. Take it or leave it. That's all we have. I did not know the story about these nephews, but you know what? They had both been in prison for murder, and they was about to be released, and they needed money quick. The second time they saw the offer, they accepted it, and we bought that land at $12,000 an acre. But I still didn't have a building, and we didn't have any money to build. I settled on that property with a sign that said, Future Home with Living Faith Tabernacle. But guess what? God did not use the church to build the building. As I said there, pastor, the crazy thing was there was a man that came by and said, what are you doing here, young man? I said, I own this property. He said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I'm building a church. He said, you will never build a church on this property. Diversity. God brought a sinner atheist in my crisis. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't like church. I don't like you. I don't want you here. And I said, but God sent me here. He said, I don't care about your God. You need to sell the property because i got enough money to make sure you never build here. He was on the county commission. He called me to his office and I said, he said have you thought about what I said? I said, yes. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to build a church. He said, it will never be approved. It will never pass. I'll see to it. I said, sir, if that's all you have to say, I've got to go build a church. I went, we got the plans together, and and, and he called my office again, and he called again and again, and finally I told my secretary, I said, I don't mean to lie, but tell him I'm in the shower, and I went and I stood in the shower, said, okay, I'm in there, answer and tell him, I'm not in here. I did. 17 calls in one day, and I said, tell him, I'll be there tomorrow, but this is my last conversation with him. And I went and he said, boy, I told you, you're not going to build a building. And he got real aggressive and in my face, and I said, sir, you say I cannot build a building, but God will move you out of my way to build this building. And I said, if that's all you have to say to me, please don't call my number again. I will not come back. I am through with this conversation. And I went to the door, and when I put my hand on the door knob, he said, boy, come sit down. I like you. You like me? You have cursed me out. You've told me you're running me out of town. You see, we think that everything that God is going to use has to look like. You think Dominion chapel has to have you. You better think again. Oh, y'all just got ooh. (laughs) God can use anything that he desires. And so that guy, he said this to me. He said, how much is it going to cost to build that building? I said, I don't know. I need a million dollars to get started. He said, a million dollars? Have you ever seen a million? I said, never just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean I don't believe it exists. This is what he did. He had his old muddy boots on and he threw them up on the desk and he said, I'm gonna give you a loan. I said, A loan? Let me get with the board. He said, This ain't about a board. He said, yeah, I'm gonna give you a loan. I said, Well, I gotta get it approved and, and I, we gotta figure out the interest rate of the terms. He said, I didn't say anything about an interest rate, it's free. Board approved right there. I don't need a board approval on free. And so he called his secretary and he said, cut this man a check. And he went into the room. He comes back with an envelope and he says, uh, one year from today, boy, give me my money back. I said, yes, sir. Well, I knew it wasn't much. It was on a handshake. But it didn't matter. God was turning an atheist into a believer. So I get in the car and I'm driving back and I'm like, woo, got some money. I don't know how much, but we're gonna get started on this thing. I'm gonna tell my church, God blesses with an atheist on on a handshake. He's just trusting me. I opened that envelope and it was for a half million dollars. He called the next day. Secretary said, I I didn't take his call. I said, Take it, take his call, take his call. He said, but you told me to never take his call. He said, forget it. Forget it. God has changed his mind. <laughs> Diversity. He called me said, come back. I want to meet you at a restaurant. Met me at a restaurant. He said, I've always wanted to build a church. I'm a builder. I've never built a church. I want to build the building for you. He built that building and shut his business down for 16 months. Cussed me out every day. Every day I got cursed out. Every day. My board would come in and say, you don't have to put up with that. I said, oh, yes, I do. You're not here. You're not helping me. I don't see you. He's here every day. He's working. He's bringing money. I got to put up with this person every day. Sixteen months later, we walked into that building. He funded the entire project, paid to every contractor out of his pocket, and then went to the bank and got us a permanent loan in his name. He told me this. He said, young man, he said, you're going to be successful but never in ministry. I saw how your people work. You have worked yourself to death. They haven't even shown up. And I see how they treat you. I need you to go into corporate America. I said, sir, this is my calling. This is my anointing. He said, I want you to do something bigger. So he come on Sunday morning of our opening I was exhausted. Six weeks before the opening, he and I never went home. We slept on carpet rolls. We stayed around the clock. I was exhausted. People come in opening day, fresh, with their hats on and their nice dresses, and said, "We did it." <laughs> you did what? <laughs> and he on the front row just like this, still an atheist and mad, and said, "Boy, you can do better than this." But he came back by mistake on Monday to the revival. And he started putting his arms down. He came back on Tuesday during revival. When I gave the invitation, he ran to the altar and said, I believe there's a God. He became my right-hand man. And today at 78 years old, he is still my biggest fan and my biggest supporter. I'm here to tell you that diversity is good. It don't have to look like us, smell like us, act like us. God doesn't even need us. God will use whatever he wants to use. Pastor, I'm declaring today that those who don't like what God is about to do, God will replace that one with three in every situation. I'm willing today to say, God, I want to grow. I want to be what you have made me to be. But the only way you can do that is that you have to change your mindset. Galatians 3 and 28 again says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, nor is there male nor female, for you are all in Christ Jesus. Multiculturalism may be the hardest thing for society to live with, and perhaps it's the most dangerous thing for society and the church to live without. Are you ready today to change your mind and to to say to God, whosoever will, here I am, God, send me. God bless you all.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week.